Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. What up, everybody? This is Jason Lee, and this is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. And what's up? It's your girl, April Jones. What's up? Yep, it's DJ Damage. Let's get this show started. All right, cool. Before we get started, make sure you download and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. You can watch us on YouTube uh, so you see all of the hilarity in live and in living color. And also now we're on iHeartRadio. So what's Woo-hoo! good? This, can I just tell you, I have an umbrella in Los Angeles. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy you rain. You know what? Like real one. rain. Los Angeles <laughs> has, like, people are out with umbrellas. So I'm, I'm walking to the bank today. And I have my little umbrella on, you know, whatever, my little camo coat, because I feel like I'm in some type of woods and shit. And it's a man sitting on the corner growling. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, he scared me. That's I, I Hollywood for you. No, but don't growl. Like <laughs> He was growling at you or just growling? No. He, well, he wasn't growling as I approached. And then as I got closer, he started growling. <laughs> <laughs> so I just... I you always have the weirdest experiences, Jason. I do. I told a story on the show before where somebody was sitting outside and asked me if I wanted some cocaine. Did I tell you? Yes, yeah. you told us that. Yeah. That was, that was one of the first stories. So this guy had basically at, offered me cocaine. And when I said no, he asked me if I was a top or bottom because he would have sex with me for money. Uh, he wanted you to pay him? Yes. <laughs> talk, about, talk about your house or mine. Nigga, what? <laughs> he was ready. I ain't got time for that. All right, so um, I guess we would just, uh, we have a guest coming in today. Today's show, you know, a lot of people out there comment about depression, and we've talked a lot on yeah. the show about um, different issues. Have you guys ever experienced a, a time of depression or a period of depression? Oh, yeah. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, 100%. Um, well, I experienced postpartum depression with my daughter, and that was a real thing. And I honestly, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't, like, know what it was. And um, it wasn't until I like spoke to my midwife and was like, you know, I just I'm waking up every morning and I'm just kind of like crying and I would feel a certain particular Wait, way. So break postpartum depression down, because I know it's a real thing. I know Cardi was um, afraid of catching that. And I know a yeah. lot of women do get it. Uh, yeah. I think Serena Williams talked about what is postpartum depression? Basically, after having a baby um, mm-hmm. is postpartum depression. And you're, when your body, you, you know, all the hormones that you have when you're pregnant and then when you have your baby, it kind of like all those hormones just drop. And some people can handle it, and some people obviously can't. Um, and I, with my son, I was fine. Um, with my son, no problem. It was easy pregnancy and all that. And even though my daughter was an easy pregnancy, I fell into a postpartum depression. So when the hormones drop, that means so you feel you literally like one day feel one way, and then yeah, after like the you're birth, fine. It's you like, but some women don't even under don't even know that they're in a depression. Like, but is it because you're now separated from your baby being in you? No, no, but yeah, like, I mean, but imagine all the hormones you have when you're pregnant that are supposed to help with the baby. And then all of a sudden the baby is not in you. Your whole body is just trying to come back to that normal state, you know? Mm -hmm. And so because of that, literally, literally I fell into a depression. So how did you, you're, you're out of it now? Yeah. But I thought, I think it was more psychological too. Cause when I had to go to therapy and all that, and they were like, Oh, okay. What was your relationship with your mom? Did you have any issues? And it was like subconsciously all these things that I had dealt with as a child into that they had to kind of heal heal me with that. They had to do wow. some work. So what about you? Yeah, I've probably been depressed for the past like four years. You feel you're depressed now? No, I'm finally like coming out of it. Because like she said, you don't really even notice you're in it until you really like kind of get older and step back and look at your situation. It's but true. yeah, I've been depressed for a long time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been very open about my death with my brother. That's been, I think, that's something I think for the first time this year I'm deciding to really work through. Because I say, oh, I'm over it or whatever. Yeah. But you you really never know. Too. It'd be one one trigger, yep. that word, that trigger. Something happened and then, boom, all those feelings come back again. So today's show, Tyler Jacob is coming on. He's an artist model here in Hollywood. Um, on social, it went viral that he was he was in a relationship with a, 
uh, a fashion um, stylist named Michael Mann, mm-hmm. yeah. who's worked with Brandy and a lot of different people who committed suicide. And I've always right. been, and, I, and he was one of those things where I would just go to their pages to try to find out like how, one, how does someone go from apparently being very happy to just killing themselves? And then two, how does a person in a relationship with a partner who leaves them behind, like they, they were engaged. So we're going to talk to him and yeah. uh, find out more about him. Should hopefully. be dope. Yeah. So hopefully that we'll be able to share that with people. Um, but we were talking before the show about Ja Rule and this guy, because I'm now in the process of building a music festival. Billy and I, McFarlane. And I'm using I'm using Billy McFarlane and uh, Ja Rule as a as a compass <laughs> of not where to go. <laughs> so for people that don't know, what did they do with their, their little festival? They had a, a huge, first it was an app. It was called the Fire app. When I, I guess it was like a, um, a mediation for regular people to book artists. Mm. And to catapult that, they did a festival. It was the Fire Festival. It was supposed to be on this uh, beautiful island in the Bahamas. They had all these villas. And it was supposed to be like, you know, experience where regular people can interact with artists and have models there. It was just supposed to be this like huge utopia. And it came out to be like a very big scam. They have two wow. documentaries out on it right now, Fire Fraud and another one that's on Netflix. I don't know the name, but... Very interesting set of things going on right there. <laughs> well, he only got, well, you said he got six years in prison, right? And he scammed people out of about 20 million? Over $23 million he scammed people for, for that particular festival. Well, look, wow. so the people were, they thought they were going to this villa and they ended up in tents with bags of like ham and cheese sandwiches. Yeah, so if you watch the documentary, they had a four-month layout to create the whole utopia. And everybody was saying like, it's impossible to do. You cannot do, you can't build a whole basically venue whatever in four months but they wanted to do it anyway and literally they worked up until the day of people started flying there and they had nothing ready like they had tents but people had to get their own beds and then, wow. they, and then they got <laughs> stranded there Remember? yeah and a lot of people got stranded there because they only had like those little planes what they call seniors look I'm i don't not, know the name Cessna's yeah they look at me seniors it really looks bad no I got you I got you and, yeah. I'm, and I'm gonna tell you as far as tents go I'm not <laughs> even the type of, I can't even go camping I, I don't camp. oh they was camping I don't first of all I don't sleep on the ground me neither at all and it, I don't sit on the ground I don't think it's being bougie it's just I no, mean rocks and bugs and then Ugh, the idea yeah. of like a bear opening the thing I, I ain't got time for that but the funny part <laughs> is because they were trying to raise so much money they were charging $23,000 50,000 so the packages were crazy so the people there were like some of the richest people period that was going through this so I thought that was just funny well at least they got to experience yeah. poverty for yeah me. exactly but they normally like doing that stuff but well, they were having a ball they was drinking they were turning <laughs> well the way this this whole conversation came about for those wondering is I was saying that you know like I'm not a scammer anymore but you know I'm from Northern California the Bay Area that's we the home of the scam so I mean, I went through the whole, I didn't do this, but like I went through the whole check and bank fraud stuff. Remember when people was doing the bank scam? Oh yes, God, I was yeah. a part of that too back then well, in college. Wait, wait, wait. We're we just not going to bring nothing up. I didn't do, like someone Did lied it to, you. to me. Yeah. Listen, there's people that slide and in my DMs my bank account. all the time and say, hey man, for some extra dollars, let me know what bank you bank with. Like, bro, no. you ain't fucking me up with Wells Fargo. Me and Wells Fargo are in a relationship. That's my <laughs> bitch. <laughs> All right, but anyway, we have Tyler Jacob in the building. Welcome to uh, the Welcome. show. Oh, my God. Guys. Welcome, thank brother. Thank you guys for having me. So is it Tyler Jacob or Tyler Jacobs? Tyler Jacob with 
Okay, with no S. No, no plural. S. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so you're from, uh, I mean, I've seen you around Hollywood for a little mm-hmm. while. Um, and, of course, I know you because of, of uh, you know, you run into people in this This city. People think oh. Hollywood is really large, right. but it's really not. Hell no, yeah. Um, so you're from New Jersey. I'm from Camden, New Jersey, yep. Hey. Nice. <laughs> Representing Camden, CMD. How did you get here to L.A.? Like, what was your story in getting here? Uh, the f- uh, funny thing about that is that uh, when I was 17, I moved to New York City. And so... Uh, when I moved to New York City, the purpose of doing that was to become a singer. You know what I mean? I wanted to somehow uh, make it in the music industry. Um, I did everything that I felt like I could in New York City. And uh, one day I woke up, I got really just, you know, tired. I, I was tired of the struggle of New York City. And I said, I just need to go. You know what I mean? And uh, I packed what I could into my car and I drove from New York City all the way over here without having any family. What? without having no family, without having no friends. Like, I didn't know where I was going. I'd never been to L.A. before. Wow. And, um, and yeah, so when I got here, it was just like... Wait, hold on. So you, you didn't have friends. You didn't have friends. You didn't have family. <laughs> nah. You didn't know anybody. Nope. And you had never been. And so you just get in your car and drive. Got in my car and drive. You, know, you know what it is? I, uh, I was uh, signed to an ind- uh, independent label uh, in New York City called uh, Kempire uh, Radio. I mean, Kempire um, Records. Oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah. And... um. And, you know, we did a lot of things together. And uh, when I got dropped from his label, it was in, in, like really embarrassing for me at that time. You know what I mean? So a lot of people in New York City for, as an up and coming artist knew me and I didn't want to show face at that moment. It was just like I wanted to go start over, start fresh. And um, when I got here, I, it, it didn't matter to me that I didn't have family and friends. It was just like, I'm going to come here. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows anything about my mm-hmm. past. You know what I mean? It's a fresh start. And um, and and. Literally, probably three months after I got here is when, when I met Michael. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was my whole LA experience. And so, when you came here, you came here for the pursuit of music. Yep. And that was your passion. And that's it's, yep to this day. And so, when you came here, you so you've been you're 29. 29 years. And old. so you're gay. I'm gay. And you've been gay your whole life, or or uh, was it uh, an evolution? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, sexuality for a lot of people is an evolutionary process. Uh, right. Definitely an evolutionary process for me because um. For sure, when I was a kid, I, I was really confused. You know, I didn't know what was going on with me. I knew that I had an attraction to men, but I also had an attraction to females. And on, uh, my first experience sexually was with females. So did you consider yourself bisexual or was it, uh, there was no label, it was just... You know what? Growing up in the hood, you don't really know labels like that. It's just like, you just don't know what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? You're like, I, I like, do I like that? Like, oh, I don't know. You, I don't know. You, you preach it to the choir over <laughs> Yeah, I had a girl. I had a girlfriend named Nikki and a boyfriend named Cal. Okay. But what was that like? Like people don't understand how how crazy Camden can be. That's not like a typical Man. spot to grow up at. Like Camden, New Jersey, is very rough. So yeah. what was it like going through those emotions and also living in Camden? Uh, you know what? When you grow up in the hood, you don't know you're in the hood, and uh, that's my that was my situation. So I didn't know any better. I grew up. Going outside, not fearing anything because, you know, I got into fights my entire life. So it was no, it was the norm. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, it was something that uh, I would grow up and, and just think that it was normal. Like I would go through the day. You wanted to fight me? Let's go. You know what I mean? I never heard anybody say when you grow up in the hood, you don't know you're in the hood. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's crazy. I, I told somebody saying. yesterday mm-hmm. that when I met. Uh, Queen Latifah. It was the first time I had seen black people not killing each other or shooting drug or selling drugs. Right. So it was like, oh shit! Like black people can actually be productive. Right. But it's crazy because I think right. that was probably my breakthrough. But I never heard it that way. Yeah, and 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 that was my experience until I moved to New York City. Like when I got to New York City, that was my eye-opening, like Oprah aha moment. You know what I mean? It was like, whoa, 
there's so much more in this world than just right. having babies at the age of 14, yeah. fighting, you know what I mean? Getting guns and, and, and selling drugs and doing all this craziness. Um, and, you know, when I, when I experienced that life outside of the hood, I, I wanted to make sure that I was able to somehow showcase that on my, on my platform that you could really get out. Like it's, it's, and there is so much more out there than just what the cycle is, is happening. I mean, the cycle that's happening, you know what I mean? And nobody knows to break the cycle because the cycle is not even highlighted. They're not presenting it to these people. They're growing up thinking this is it. This is what it is. This so is what at, it is. So at what point did you actually understand or feel like, okay, I'm gay or. I felt like I was process. gay at the age of 12, 12 okay. for sure. Because that was my first gay experience. Uh, I had sex with a female at the age of nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, but that what was, is it, I mean, it's, it's normal <laughs> in the hood. I mean, to yeah. have sex. Yeah. When and you, I had a mustache like, at the age of nine. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I was already, I had went through puberty so mm-hmm. fast that the first girl I had sex with was a 16 year old girl. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her I was 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you was lying. I was I definitely, was lying. <laughs> but it was, it was definitely peer yeah. pressure because like my, my older brothers, you know what I mean? They were. They were, you know, they were, they were really rough around the edges. And yeah. so like they were teaching me their bad habits and, um, and me just trying to fit in. I'm just like, you know, I guess I'll do it. I don't even know. I don't know what's happening right See? now. So I guess I'll do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. your ethnic background is what? Puerto Rican? I'm Puerto Rican and black. Okay. And so your mom is Puerto Rican. My, my mom is hundred percent Puerto Rican. So were your mom and father together or? No. Okay. My mom and father, uh, divorced in 2001. I believe I was 10 years old. Okay. Um, I remember that like yesterday because it was such a big deal. Um, mm. uh, not that he was ever around to begin with, you know what I mean? But uh, my mom just, I, we, I just seen the pain, you know what I mean? And just uh, watching her go through that and not know what to do and us losing every single thing that we had, every single thing that was built and watching her be stubborn and not really like understand because she didn't want anything from my dad. She kept, kept saying like, I don't want nothing from you. I don't want nothing from you. I don't want nothing from you. Not understanding you're affecting your children because now you don't have the the the, 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 the means to take care of us. But you're not taking it from somebody else. And so now you're in a place right. where now we're struggling because of uh, personal feelings. You know what I mean? So how many siblings were growing up in the house? Two older brothers, one younger sister. Hmm. Do you feel like that pride that your mom had kind of uh, transferred over to you? Um, Absolutely. But you know what? Watching my mom evolve and watching her uh, teach me uh, that there is life after pain uh, through her personal experience, right. I saw that she was able to... To, to basically acknowledge the fact that she was stubborn at that moment and ask for, she actually asked for forgiveness. And I think that that was major. You know what I mean? To watch it someone to say, it. you know what? I fucked up. You know so what? So are you and your mom close? My, my mom's my best friend. Good. Like so my mom when, is my heart. When did you tell her you were gay or that you like boys? Man, that was one of the life changing moments for me because it was at the age of 22. That, um, I didn't really want to tell her, but mm-hmm. she kept asking me, she said, why do you keep fighting with your best friend? Like you guys go through these crazy mm-hmm. episodes and it's like, she's like, I don't get what, what that is about. And I said, mom, because it's my boyfriend. Like, and she was like, yeah, your boy, that's a friend. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> no mom, that's, that's so my boyfriend. So, so they always say moms know, like you, your mom had no clue. Ma, I, I, tell, ma, I said, mom, you knew I was gay. Stop playing. <laughs> the thing, the thing is I'm not, I'm not the straight, the straightest acting guy. You know what well, I mean? Like, no, you, you're very masculine. You're not, uh, I mean, I thought you were going to be a little bit more feminine, but because you're I'm a model. Feminine. I, 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 feel, I feel like I have feminine ways. You uh, know what I mean? Well, listen, yeah. we, I, I, I've seen, a, I know some sissies. There ain't no sissy in this room. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> don't fucking come on my Instagram. With <laughs> shit. All right. So when you told your mom that you, that you like guys or that you were dating a guy, her, her immediate reaction was confusion. Man, was, and then what happened? No, that she broke my heart. The biggest heartbreak of my life before uh, until Michael 
um, because she hung up the phone. And then also, oh, this was on the phone. Yeah, I was. I lived in New York City, and she she was still living in Camden, New Jersey, and um, and she hung up the phone, and I tried to call her back, and she didn't answer the phone, and I would be like, tomorrow she'll get over it, mm-hmm. and um, and a month went by, and I was like, yo, and me and my mom would talk every single day, like religiously. That was my thing. I would wake up in the morning, call my mom. My mom would kind of motivate me. You know what I mean? Right. So was she religious, or what was her? My mom was, was she Catholic. My mom, Christian, like Christian, um, yeah, yeah, Pentecostal. Oh, one no, of the one yeah. of the one of the most strict. Right. Uh, she went religion. to a straight out shouting experience when she hung up. Oh my! Phone. No, she cried and she just said she just she, she went into fasting. You know what I mean? Because like, that's what she wanted to yeah, do. She wanted yeah, to yeah. get her. She wanted to deliver her son. Um, but uh, <laughs> and I say that because you know whatever I have my my my, uh, my feelings on that. But that was the biggest heartbreak of my life because being my best friend, not uh understanding because her biggest thing was we're best friends why did you lie to me mm-hmm. like why all this time because she asked me multiple right, times because right, right. her boyfriend would tell her like yo i think your son and his best friend are fucking mm-hmm. like and she would be like why do you feel that but he said because when i walk in they're, they're like sweating you know what i mean like something like you know what i mean and i'm just being candid you know what i mean it is what it is yeah, yeah. but um and the crazy part is that I would always tell her like, no, mom, we're best friends, we're best friends, we're best friends. But in my heart, I wanted to, I wanted to, to tell her. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. felt like when she hung up on me, I felt like she should have felt that. Like, you know, you knew I wanted to tell you, but I know that because of your, your beliefs, you would have done exactly what you did. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I woke, I woke up uh, maybe after two months of her not calling me. And I actually went and bought a car because at that time I had, you know, uh, pretty good money. I was uh, touring, uh, singing. Uh, and I went and bought a car. Literally, I didn't even know how to drive. Like I lived in New York City and I grew up and I know how to drive. I drove to Camden, New Jersey and I bought a bouquet of flowers. And when I opened the door, she uh, was super surprised and she just started crying. So like, do, you, do you regret telling her you're coming out on the phone? I do, feel, I mean, that's I really do, feel, I do feel like I, I owed her a much more like respectful way of, of, of communicating that for sure. Yeah. Mm. Now, I don't know, but isn't that like a personal thing? Like kind of like how you wanted to de- deliver that? But I think, you know, like I said that the first season of Love and Hip Hop, uh, when I threw that drink on Hazel and people didn't understand why and eventually found out what it was about. I ran into these kids. I've told the story on the show where the kids were just crying about how they wanted to kill themselves and mm-hmm. how their parents tried to beat the gay out of them and how and a lot of the you know if you watch uh you know if you, what's the documentary were on the houses oh the one with the the the, the, the one of the girls pa- got killed is it paris burning or something the paris is burning okay there's a documentary it, you find out about all these houses like mm. the house of not Milan. the house of darion but the house <laughs> like you Milan, know extravaganza that these kids who become homeless because their parents put them out for being gay find uh themselves in a culture uh, of support from people mm-hmm. who have these houses. Right, right, yeah. right. So, I mean, uh, you know, I never said the words I'm gay to my family. Now, at, at first it was because I felt like it ain't nobody's business but right, mine. Right. But then I think the in the background, it's the fear of hurting them or, you know, falling out. Not that falling out is always a bad thing, but you don't want to let people down. Right. Like, yeah, and, judging. Right. And the judge. Did you judge. feel like your brothers knew? <laughs> You know, it's, those are the people that I really never wanted to know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I, my brothers always called me gay my entire life. It was like, I know they didn't mean mm-hmm. it today. I, and I looked, were they street guys too? They were, they're still street guys to this yeah. day. They're very, very, very much. One is in jail right now and the other, uh, and, and Wilbur, I love you. My big bro, 100%. CMD, love you all day. And my uh, other brother, Christopher, love you too. Ashley, my little sister, love you too. Um, they, they're all, you know, they're all still in that mentality, unfortunately. But what was the question? Sorry. No, I was just saying, did you think your brothers knew? I know your mom probably didn't know, but they, they up, knew. 
They knew because they they picked on me and they know they picked. On well, me. and your family knows you too. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, but you know, like I would go to Thanksgiving and they'd be like, "Well, um, how's your girlfriend?" Like you ain't never seen no girlfriends. What is you talking about? <laughs> no, but your family has a wedding. Okay, so the no, but even when I would bring girls home, like they would be like, "Oh shit, he actually has mad girls." But then they knew they would be like, "Yo, but you also like you bring guys." Like, and then they knew all the guys that I would bring would be like super, super, super attractive men. <laughs> and they would be like, something's not right. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's either like, and I would have this like, um, you know, not so fashionable girl, you know what I mean? But some <laughs> super, super duper fly guy. And they'd be like, this girl don't even like, you know, match your swag. And this one does. And <laughs> The true, true story. True story. <laughs> it is so funny. My grandmother had... Um, cataracts she had surgery so she could see really clear and one day i remember i came with my friend in her house and she's a messy messy old bitch from mississippi <laughs> and she said uh boy all your friends are so beautiful and i said well thank you grandma <laughs> she goes i mean every single one of them are beautiful <laughs> your family knows right 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 yeah and and you know i and, and just just to clear that up like i think everybody's beautiful and i don't think that the uh, outside the way i look at the world today is aesthetically is not what completes a look you but, better you better than me <laughs> I mean, because I, I now Jason. connect with people on an energy level for sure. Like I've, yeah, I've sure. found, I found like that connecting with people on a different level is what gives you longevity. Yeah. And, if, and, and, and the, out, the outer shell is just the icing on the cake. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, great. You look at, you look at them, but there's, I've had connections with people um, that I have not been physically attracted to immediately, but then they become so beautiful to me later right. on after experiencing their personality, uh, listening to their stories and like, just connecting with them on another level in like in which you can't connect with somebody else. You know what I mean? So so before we get into your journey to L.A., you're from Camden, New Jersey. Recently, there's a guy in the news who was killed, allegedly killed by the police or in police custody. Are you aware of that? Not, no. That's in Patterson. Jameek. Jameek. He was from Camden, New Jersey, right? No, it's no, Patterson. Patterson. That's like, wow. Patterson. But is that New Jersey? It's close. It's, it's like yeah. an hour and a half away. Yeah. 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 Well, so what's the culture, what's the culture like between the police and like people in the New Jersey? Well, so the Camden police was so corrupt that uh, they ended up getting dismissed and then the uh, the feds ended up taking over. So that's how, that's how bad it was in, in Camden, New Jersey, that the... Whatever was being done, the cops were doing it too. The cops were selling drugs. The cops are the ones, you know. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, the Camden cops are the ones making no places. No joke, man. It and you go, you go up the street. Listen, when I would when I would walk <laughs> down the street, joke. when I would walk down the street, I would think that living in an abandoned home was normal. Like, you, it's nothing but abandoned homes and like crates on the floor. You have like bums living outside. Not bums, homeless people. I hate that word bums, and I just used it. But anyway, um, like. It's, it's, it's a serious situation, and I think even talking about it right now is great because it's like people should know that Camden has so many diamonds. Right. There, there's definitely mm -hmm. diamonds in the rough because, like, I, I went to creative and performing arts high school in Camden, New Jersey, and there's so many talented people there. It's a magnet school, so you have to audition to get in. There's so many talented people in Camden. and There's an influencer in Camden right now. His name is Chink Capone, Chink, Chink Capone on Instagram. And he has a, he has his own little thing, and he you know I keep telling him like you got to move out of there and it. start collaborating yeah. with people, and he it. and he tells me all the time you do not understand Camden is a different world. He always tells me this, right. so it's, when I Man. talk to him again, I'm and gonna it's tell two him. seconds from Philly, like literally two seconds. Right. I used to talk to a girl in Camden. I dropped her off one time. I was like, look, I'm <laughs> never. He never looked back. I'm look. never coming this back. This ain't here. gonna work out. Even listen, if you if you if two you stop seconds. at the red light. They got you. Like these yeah. people will, I'm telling you, they got you. Especially if you look, if you got a nice car and you look and you got money, it's a wrap. Mind you, I grew up there mm -mm. and I went back in 2000 and maybe 14. 
And I was uncomfortable. So you did. Yeah. Yo, so, and it so changes just like that, too. Yeah. So one day you decide to pack it up and move west, and you get in your car and you leave, and then you get here, and then what is the what is your immediate reaction to getting here versus being there? Oh, I hated it. Is it complete? You hated it here? Oh, I hated LA. Like, I fucking hated it. I did was you like, hate it because everybody's fake, or did you hate it because, why did you hate it? Mind you, everybody says that. Everybody's like, oh, LA is the fakest place that you'll ever meet. But it's so fucking true. Like, I've never experienced <laughs> the shit that I've experienced here in LA. Like, you will have somebody smiling in your face, like, literally in your face. Or you will have somebody lying dead in your face that you did something. You'd be like, right. I, I fucked you? <laughs> I, I fucked you? For, I fucked you? Uh, Damn, I must be fucking on drugs, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. Like that's and that's LA. I've never experienced that y'all got here. It's a it's a different community for sure. Like for for example, when Michael died, what they were putting on Instagram was that I was fucking this dude. They're like, oh, it hasn't even a month hasn't even passed, and you fucking this man. So let's go back. So you get here. How soon after you arrived did you meet Michael? Three months. Five months. Five months. So talk to tell people about that experience. Yeah, what was that like? <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, we had a mutual friend. His name was John. And um, and we I had a great relationship with John, and he had a great relationship with John. And for whatever reason, on Instagram, Instagram had just become popping at that time. Like people just started getting into into it. So we were posting pictures at Malibu, and I saw a picture of them, a picture of Michael and him, uh, Cinco de Mayo. And I was like, "Who's that kid? Like, who's that guy?" And he was like, "Oh, that's one of my friends. Whatever. He's he's a hoe." And then I was like, "Oh, okay." And then he was like, "Um, I said, but." Look at it up still like I, I, like you know what I mean like he's he looked good and like whatever, and then um then for whatever reason when he posted a picture of me on his Instagram, Michael hit him up and Michael he was like the crazy thing is Michael's on the phone right now and he's saying that you look good and he was like but Michael you don't want to date this man he's a fucking hood rat like he don't got shit like why you want to date this man damn what and um, wait, so you, wait so you started by describing <laughs> what you start and I think this is important you started by describing describing John as a friend. Right. Well, how did that type of person become a friend? Um, because I didn't know who he really was. And it was, he lived in LA, I lived in New York City. We would eventually, you know, fly back and forth and we would, you know right, what I mean, to be right. mutual friends. So we would, that's how we ended up meeting. And um, Johnny, John actually dated my roommate and that's how I met him in New York City. And they, they would go and we would see each other all the time. So, but when I didn't know who he was and I got here and I met that, I mean, when Michael told me what he was saying, I was like, that's crazy because he was telling me this about you. Wow. And then we put two and two together and we were like, oh, obviously, because when I was sitting on the couch and I mean, I don't mean to put your business out there, John, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Like John, I was sitting on a- John's Instagram is right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but John was like, uh, he reached over to, to give me head. And I was like, the fuck? Wait, like, wait, 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 John did? Wait, yeah. so oh, so he must. He liked. He liked he both was- of us. Oh, and he was trying to keep us apart. He conquered, divide and conquer. So wait, did, was this <laughs> like, was this invited him? Or John. he just thought he, it was just a Tuesday night and he thought it was time? Uh, what do you mean? Meaning he, like, did you? Oh did no, you, fuck no. Okay. I, I never looked at that man like that. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, he's an attractive guy. But I don't, I, like I said, I'm not one of those people who sleep with people just because I think you're attractive. I, I don't, I, the outer shell, again, is the icing to the cake for me. I, I, I connect on a much deeper level. And that's why when people say that I'm out here fucking everybody, I'm like, you guys got it so fucking twisted. Like, you guys got the wrong person. Well, I, honestly, I've never heard that about you. I, and, my, and I'm in the streets. I mean, but, I'm in all the streets. And in I'm, fact, I'm talking I, about wait, the people if, who tag me and stuff. You know what I mean? Well, hold on. But in fact, what I, think, what I think about you is that this is the most I think I've heard you talk. <laughs> so I don't know you to be as, like, involved in everybody's yeah. circle or whatever. <laughs> okay, so then you and Michael end up hanging out. And then, and then how does... Tell me about my, so how for people who don't know who Michael is, and for your friends who may not have known him as close as you, how would you describe Michael, and how would you help people visualize who he is? 
Michael was an extremely creative person. Like, I've never met somebody who dug into his mind as much as he did. You know what I mean? Like, I sometimes would sit back and I would watch him. And he would always be, like, picking at his beard and, like, just trying to figure out what his next move was. It was always, like, in hustle mode at all times. It never stopped for him. Like, it was, like, always, always, always about his career, his craft, his craft, his craft, his craft. And it was inspiring because... When I met him, I was about music. And, like, he always wanted to make sure I always stuck to music. And the same thing that he wanted me in return for him, he wanted me to always make sure that he stuck with fashion. And so Mm. because we were like that, me watching him from the outside, I became the same person. You know Mm. what I mean? And we became the same person because we were just hustling together all the time. He is a person who gives his last to you, like, literally would have a penny to his name, but he'll give you that penny. Like, he had a bad attitude. You know, that's just what it's because to me, a creative, sometimes they don't understand that they're affecting others with the, with uh, with their creative mind because it's so fucking, you know, All tangled. Over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's tangled in knots. And sometimes you don't realize it when you get frustrated, like I can't untangle yeah. this. And then somebody's talking to you, you're like, listen, like, give me a second. Give me a second. You know, it's not it's, it has nothing to do with like it's not personal. It's not personal. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? It's, it's more so like, listen, I'm, I got so much going on up here. Like, I got so much going on up here that I. I I, I get why he was the way he was, what I'm trying to say. Um, and he knew what he wanted. He was very uh, a strong, opinionated person. And mm. to me, it's, he was inspiring. Like, Michael was a, uh, an inspiring person. So how soon from when you guys started talking to and dating to you all moving? You moved in together, correct? Yes. Okay, so. A I, month. In a month. <laughs> a month. Listen, our community people, look. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, love I, I, somebody, I, you just love them. Now that's the LA rent. I met somebody and in seven days I was like, move in. This could sometimes listen. Pay on that rent. On, wait. <laughs> it's listen. really real. Cause I feel like there are those times. Falling in love at first sight. There is that LA rent though. Cause there was one yeah, of those. LA ah, rent. But there Boy, are those hey, times when, in. where you meet somebody and the energy is just so mm-hmm. cosmic that it's just like, I, I want to keep them bottled right. this Absolutely. and don't want to lose and it. And when Absolutely. you're spending time with someone all the time, you might as well stay with that person. Mm-hmm. Cause when it's I, like, sure. I ain't standing in my house. I'm just waiting. Uh, hello. Rent is expensive. Okay. <laughs> uh-uh, like. When I met Michael, his energy was so <laughs> vibrant. Like and he would be so confused. Michael was very ditzy. Mm-hmm. He'd be so confused all the time, but he was so charming. They're like I, I never wanted to be a part. Like you, everybody who knew us, who did know us, well, you guys were we were if, one unit. If you like, saw one, you saw the other. Never. If he flew, I flew. If I flew, he flew. That's like, dope, though. We yeah. were everywhere. If he did fashion, I, we were we were uh, styling together as Thai man. Mm-hmm. And like the only reason why we stopped styling as Thai man is because I said, you know what, the world is starting to know me as fashion, and I, and I don't want them to get confused about what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And, and Michael was very upset about that. Like he was like, yo, you're ruining my brand because I don't want to change names like that. Like. What are you doing? You know, do you want to do this or do you not want to do this? Right. And so that's why I made the decision to go back to music. So I love Brandy, um, mm. known Brandy for a long time. <laughs> and I know that they had a special relationship. What was that relationship like? Um, a beautiful relationship. Um, Brandy would always like make sure that she like let Michael know that energy was huge. Like that she, he needed to protect himself around the Hollywood energy. You know what I mean? Because it's very easy to get distracted. And she knew because Brandy uh, is one of those people who can do nothing but show love. I know from my experience from Brandy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. every time every time I talk to Brandy, every time I'm around Brandy and every time Michael and I were around Brandy, like she always we sat down and we had uh, like talks about the world, about God, mm. about like 
uh, where we wanted to be, about like creative things and what we wanted to like create. Like everything about her was progressive. Everything was about moving to the next step, moving to the next step. Elevating. Dope, yeah. Evolving and yeah. talking about evolution and talking about teaching each other where we're going to move. From, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's what she made me realize that I wanted to be surrounded with nobody but her. Some people yeah. like her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? People that caused me to think more. People that caused me to to understand that there's more in life than to just do drugs and go party and to, you know, um, do things that are completely fucking unproductive. Mm-hmm. Right. Did, did you and Michael ever do drugs? I definitely dipped into drugs for sure. Um, I don't do drugs now. I, I smoke weed for yeah. sure all well, day. We established that's a, yesterday. That's a drug. It's not a drug. That's a drug. Weed is not yeah. a drug. So what type of drugs have Medicinal. you, I mean, recreational cocaine, LA is cocaine. Um, you know, uh, I, I hate that, that, that I even experienced cocaine. You know what I mean? Because I always said in my life, like, that I would never do that. And growing up as a Christian, having that foundation, and then also, like... And you didn't have that in your family? I, so it wasn't your with mom like, or your dad? Growing up over there, on that side, on the East that. Coast, you're a crackhead if you do if Yeah, you do nobody's like, If you touch that, they'd be like, yo, you're a crackhead. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So... Back in because I'm not from I'm from LA. They're from yeah. the mid when is it Midwest, Midwest. Chicago and Chicago Cincinnati, is yeah. it Midwest Philly is East Coast or Midwest East Coast Okay we right next to Canada. so so back there is cocaine looked down upon yes. because in Absolutely. LA it's like if you it, don't no, do like, cocaine they like you don't yeah. do cocaine I'm like, like L- no uh, cocaine is like a West Coast no thing. but I really and it I, is and I really want to highlight thing. like yeah. a down south thing I really want to highlight cocaine though because like cocaine is such a serious problem here in LA and like you said you see it everywhere you go and this drug kills like understand that like when it fucks with your serotonin levels like you don't understand yeah it's fun that night you you live in your life you live in your life but when you wake up the next day and you feel that fucking deep ass sadness from what just happened and you're not understanding that that is a come that's down molly too molly is the oh, worst it's, it's worse like, well, and that's why the people just keep doing it because you want to keep that high you want that high but then you don't you understand the effects it is doing to your body mm-hmm. you're killing yourself slowly because your body this is not normal these are these are chemicals that are foreign mm-hmm. and your body can't digest these things so, when, so how did you get introduced to it and how did <laughs> how did you get introduced to it um in the industry mm-hmm. you know what i mean like being going i you know i fortunately have people in my life um who always invite me places, you know what I mean? And, I, and I'm so thankful for that because that's how, the reason why I'm here, you know, why people even see me, you know? Yeah. So, um, but it's it's a, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword catch-22 situation because you also get introduced to a lot of things that you don't end up causing things, you know, to, to end. So, so were you and Michael introduced to it at the same time? No. Were you introduced to it first? I was introduced to it much later in my life. Okay. Yeah. And so you guys now live together. You're in a relationship. You're in love. Mm-hmm. You're Thai man. So mm-hmm. you're one in one. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in love. Mm-hmm. And so, and you get engaged. So how does how do you guys go from dating to now engaged? You propose. He proposed. Um, I proposed. Um, but we were living in uh, downtown LA at that time, and we had a, a beautiful loft. And uh, you know, and we were. Be- pretty successful for ourselves at that time for being like little up and coming people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like little people in their crafts, making money, doing what they do. And, um, and so I was just like, yo, like I love everything about you. Like you, you meet everything that I would want in somebody. Like we, I feel like we connect on a deeper level. I feel like you're my everything. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. why would I, why would I not want to spend the rest of my life with you? I have no interest in anybody else. Like I'm a very monogamous person. I've been a monogamous person my entire life. Like I said, I have a Christian foundation and although I'm not a Christian, I still have those strong beliefs and I keep that as my foundation. Right. Um, and so like, 
Yeah. Wait, so tell me how, what is it? Because my proposal, I kind of see, you know, there definitely has to be an orchestra and doves. And I mean, <laughs> it was not, it was very, it was very, that's only because I'm bougie. Now, I fuck it, it can be over some pizza. So <laughs> what was your engagement? Uh, what, what was your proposal like? Um, I just, I, what I did was I, we had a big giant table in our, um, in our loft. And so I filled the entire table with candles in cursive that said Michael Mann. And then, um, I had a bouquet of flowers with a white cake that had like pearls on it. And uh, it was very personal. It was just he when he walked in coming home from work, I came in with no, you know what I'm saying? With a, a little, little sexy outfit on. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, um, and like I had the tub ready for him. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like one of those romantic situations. And um, he, it was normal. We were romantic with each other all the time. So in his mind, he's just like, oh, this is one of those regular days. Yeah. But Michael, Michael yearned for marriage. So this, I knew it was two years in. So I knew that it was going to be major when I when I actually pulled out the ring because he, he kept asking to marry me. I wasn't ready at that time. Mm. So like when I pulled out the ring in the bathroom, we were in the tub. I was he was like laying in front of me. I was behind him, and I had the ring like literally. Behind, so I pulled the ring like this, and I was like, um, and he was like, he just started crying. Mm. And so how did that feel? Like that. Take your time. I'm sorry. Like that was that was one of some of the best moments of my life. Like, and we had bad arguments. You know what I mean? Like we weren't. We were just like everybody else. You know, like we fought all the time, and we we definitely had our fucking problems. But <clears throat> I've never met somebody who I connected with on that level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's my everything. So. So, of course, he said yes, and now you're engaged. Mm-hmm. And so this was, the, I think, the perplexing thing for me because I, Hollywood Unlocked, I live I live in Hollywood, but I also live online. And I followed you two because in Hollywood, it's very rare to see a relationship between two men who both are attractive, both seemingly successful, who both complement each other well, and both, like, when you see one, you see the other. Mm-hmm. You don't hear any drama between them and other people, you know, not messy. Um, And the thing I think for me about not really dating a lot of gay men, because I like to date guys who are interested in gay men, is because it's hard to find, and I I mean this, it's hard to find two gay men who aren't messy. Right. Who are together. So what, what was perplexing was watching your posts and everybody else's posts about uh, the suicide. And I think, you know, given that mental health is a real issue, um, in our community and people of color and uh, the fact that I've seen a lot about the the life of them, I don't know much about what happened. So right, right, right. I would love for you to tell the story of what happened, how did it happen, um, yeah. Well, first, I'm just going to be honest and I'm, and I'm going to, uh, I want to say, you know, I want to pay respects to his mother um, and, I'm, and I'm not going to delve too deeply into uh, anything because I want to respect her, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, but I will say this, and uh, like, it's very important that we ask each other how we're doing, um, mm-hmm. because Michael seemed to be so happy. You know what I mean? Like, we talked about marriage in Paris on the Eiffel Tower. Like, we had so many plans. Like, literally, we were supposed to get married on his thirtieth birthday. Mm-hmm. Like, that was that was supposed to be like the big like situation we had saved to get to that point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, I knew that he didn't want to go. And that's what I'll say. I know that he didn't want to go. Okay. And I know that situations ended up happening that ended up altering his mind to make that decision. You know what I mean? And 
it sucks that it only takes one second. It sucks mm-hmm. that all they have to do is just one thing and it's done. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. So that's why I say it's very important to ask people how they're doing, to look for the signs because I didn't notice the signs until it happened. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh my God, this, 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 this has happened. Like he said this and he said that and he said this, fuck, fuck, fuck. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's mm-hmm. what I went through. Mm-hmm. I went through that situation like, yo, he was asking for help. Right. And what were some of the, the like, the signs, like for me, he dropped know? me, he, he ended up dropping me off at one of the shoots that I had to do. Mm-hmm. And um, he drove to the corner and I, that morning I had a dream that so I, this is the last time you saw him last time. I, the last day I saw him, it was at seven o'clock in the morning and we had partied that night um, up until six in the morning. Mm. And I had a shoot at seven in the morning. That was our cycle of things. You know what I mean? Like we would always party, 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 oh, party, work, work, hard, work, 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 party, 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 work. There was never resting time. So understand where the mind is. You know what I mean? The mind is lost. The mind is fucking confused. The mind mind doesn't know what's happening. So I'm at a place where I'm not catching the signs. He's at a place where he's just feeling whatever he's feeling. You know what I mean? So I woke up that morning. I had a dream that I had died and I was crying. I was like, yo, like I'm fucked. Like he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, yo, I had a dream that I was on a plane. The door opened and I felt the, the air falling down. I felt my shit, my hit, um, me hit the floor. Everything. I felt the whole shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I woke up crying. And he was like, that means you're going to have the biggest heartbreak of your life. And I was like, what? I was like, did you cheat on me? I don't know why I said that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why that came to me. I was like, did you cheat on me? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, Ty. He like like I he like I I I got you you got me I will always love you and I will never leave your side that was sign number one mm-hmm. when he said I'll never leave your side but You'll how was that a me. sign though because, because like, Michael wasn't that person Michael never was affectionate like that Michael was not that person and he was being so fucking loving like it was on a on a on a level that was altered for sure you know what I mean like he was like I love like just like being poetic you know what I mean and being like just weird like it wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, I'll, I'll never leave you. You're, you're too beautiful to cry. Like, I don't want to see you crying. And he started crying. Mm-hmm. And then he drives to the corner after dropping me off at the street. He's like, Ty, Ty, Ty. Again, Michael's not that person. Like, yelling out of the, like, Michael's very reserved, very quiet. Like, mm-hmm. And so to even hear him yelling from a corner to yell my name, I'm like looking at him like side. I'm like, dude, what are you, why are you screaming? And he was like, you're too beautiful to cry, sign number two. You're too beautiful to cry. Why? Like, yeah, I was crying, but it's like, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. Then sign number three was when he drove away and he called me and he said, um, hey, babe, I'm going to sleep and I'm going to uh, get us some outfits for everyday people. That day we were supposed to go to everyday people. And um, he was like, so call me at eight o'clock. And I said, 8 p.m. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Okay. Yeah. Because it was, that, it was 7 a.m. at that mm-hmm. time. And um, he was like, but call me at eight o'clock. OK. And I said, cool. He hung up the phone. I went into my shoot. He then called again. And he was like, um, Ty, respect my wishes, okay? Sign number three. Respect my wishes and do not call me until 8 o'clock. Did you ask him why he said that? Yeah, I said, why? He was like, because I haven't slept. I want to sleep. Mm-hmm. He was like, so please, he like, don't. Yeah, he was like, don't. Uh, he like, I'm going to put my phone on. Do not disturb. Don't think I'm doing anything. Mm-hmm. Don't freak out. Like, just respect my wishes and don't call me until 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock come. I dial the phone. No answer. So I was like. I ended up texting him saying, well, I'm sure you're still sleeping beautiful. I said, but call me whenever you wake up. I said, I'm sure you're not even going to wake up till 5 o'clock. And Michael had this thing where he would sleep until 5 o'clock. And he's like, like all up all night, sleep until 5 o'clock, up all night. And I'm like, I'm sure you'll wake up at 5. 
Um, but we got to go to everyday people. So make sure you get our outfits. And then um, no response. But then I looked at my email and he had emailed me at 758 a sui- uh, the goodbye letter. Did you do you still you have the letter? I still have the letter. Can you read the letter? Out of respect for his mom. Because she asked, she asked, actually asked not to even show the letter because the letter said stuff mm-hmm. about why. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, it's, a, it's a deeper situation than I, than I could, out of respect, I can't be that person to, like, out that. You know what I mean? Out of respect for her. Sure. Like, because she, did, did he, she's really affected by it. Mm-hmm. Was his reason, did he, I mean, can you share his reason for suicide? I mean, a lot of people don't well, understand he, it. I mean, He, you he know. wanted peace, he said. Mm-hmm. Was, um, was he close to his mother or were they kind of, like, a, he was definitely close to his mother. They were like best friends. They they they, they fought like best friends. They mm. they loved like best friends. Uh, they were like, yeah, they were they were ever, they were watching their relationship mm. with everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like that's why I, out of respect for her, like mm-hmm. she's a beautiful person. So it's like I would never do her like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But was his was you know different people leave the earth for different reasons or voluntarily leave the earth for different reasons. Some chemical, some drug dependent, some is family or relationship. Did it have anything to do with you? With me? Yeah. I mean, I feel like in in a way I played a role in the stress factor. You know what I mean? Because when you're in a relationship with somebody, like you guys go through turmoil. You know what I mean? You guys go through things. And like, I can't say that I, I didn't play a role in like us having problems sometimes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there was, I'm, a, I'm one of those people who like to post shirtless photos on my Instagram. He was one of those people who liked to post shirtless photos on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that caused, uh, you know, people to reach out in certain ways. And so, like, that would be kind of like our friction sometimes. Because we, in the beginning, I didn't have a body. I, I grew up a chunky my entire life. You know what I mean? So uh, I never even knew about a body until I met Michael. It was like he inspired me to become fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I saw him posting shirtless photos on Instagram, I was, like, really, like, taken back. Like, yo, what, what is the purpose of you doing that? We're in a relationship. Why are you posting all these shirtless photos? And that became like a friction between him and I. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, when I get a body, because I started going <laughs> to the gym, um, he, I was like, when I start posting, uh, you know, shirtless photos, don't be mad. But not understanding what I had now ma- I put into manifest. Right. You know what I mean? Now I just put, I was speaking death into our relationship. Mm-hmm. Because instead of being like, yo, let me go to the gym so we can both look good and be out here swagging together. Now I'm saying, when I get out there, I'm going to come at you. You know what I mean? Because right. what you did to me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that's, that's where, that's where we had our. So was it life stress that you think was what became the final thing? He said he wanted peace. He said he never, that one thing that I feel like I can communicate is that he said he felt like he never in his life ever felt peace. And that's one of the things that he felt like he needed to seek for. Mm -hmm. And so you're texting, you're texting, no answer. Then what? I just ran out. Got it. Okay. I literally just like the second I saw the email, mind you, the shoot was like, not even like half a mile away. So like I was trying to order my Uber and you know how your iPhone takes your apps off and it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, um, it goes into like the iCloud or something. Yeah. So I was trying to download the Uber and it wasn't fucking download. I'm like, fuck. So I started running and I started running, running, running. Cause obviously he had said in the letter that he had already did whatever it is that he did. So let me, let me stop you without getting into the details of the letter. And I respect, you know, the family's wishes. Did he say in the letter that he was leaving? Mm-hmm. He did. Mm-hmm. So when, so you're reading this letter when you got the email, you weren't expecting an email because he just told you don't bother him because I'm going yeah, to I, sleep. I wasn't even checking my emails because I'm in a shoot. You know what You're I mean? Right. Like I, was, I wasn't even checking my phone like that. I just 
because I had reminded myself to call him at eight was the only reason why I ended up. When you know when you pick up your phone, you automatically go to Instagram. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I went to Instagram. I went to my email. That this was like just checking my shit. And um, that's when I saw it. And I was like, fuck. Like, was the email just to you? The email was to me, to seven people. To seven people. Mm-hmm. And was his mother one of those people? Yep. So that was the only that was the only goodbye. She he didn't even you. get she didn't even see the email until I called her to let her know what happened. Okay, we're gonna walk through that. So you get the email, mm. your heart's racing while you're reading the email. I don't like when I tell you I don't even know what was happening at the moment. Like all I remember is like blacking out. Like all I remember is running, my thighs burning. Like I remember my thighs hurting so much because I couldn't run anymore. Like I was like So you ran all the way home? I ran all the way there. Like I ran not stopping. when I got there the fucking paramedics were trying to like say like, yo, you need to relax. Cause I was hyperventilating. You know what I mean? Cause the adrenaline running through my body of not knowing what to do and trying to just get there. And by the, by, by the time I got there, like all I saw was sirens. Like all I, I saw the, I heard the sirens. I saw all the lights. I saw the caution tape. I'm like, who called his best friend? Cause she received the email too. Got it. So she had called, you know, to, she was the first one to get it. And she, she was, she had called immediately. So thank God somebody has saw the email first. But even then, by the time the, the police had got there, they said he had already done it 42 minutes ago. Mm. All right. So by that point, had they taken him out of the apartment or were you able to see him? We waited there for like three hours to the coroner's got there. Mm. Wait, so they left it. His body was still inside. Mm-hmm. So were you able to be with the body? And no. let me tell you why. So, okay, because when my brother was murdered. I was, I, I was being investigated. Why? Like, because they were like, um, why didn't you call the cops? I wasn't thinking, you know what I mean? I just started running. Like my thing, my mind wasn't, my mind wasn't in the place to like press 911. Stop it. That's and in my mind, it's, it was it's hard like, to explain to people how to explain why you are going through something where you're going through. And, and I'm one of those people, it's very hard for me to cry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even when I, even when I do cry, once I get there, that's why I stop myself. Because mm-hmm. once I start crying, like I can't stop. It's like, one, and, and I don't like sinking. I'm, I'm very much aware of my mind and I pull myself up very fast. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, you're not, fuck that. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yes, it's, it's healthy to cry. But, but, but don't you think there also has to be a, 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 a place where you are able to mourn? Because And I do that privately because I feel like a lot okay. of people, like, I have my own connection with Michael. You know what I mean? Like, I go to his gravesite probably more than anybody has ever gone. I don't even know if anybody goes there or not. You know what I mean? I sleep there sometimes. I go write music there. Like, I talk to him. Him and I have... I, I still feel him. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he's my light. You know what I mean? Like, he's in everything that I do. And so, like, even... Like, I, I, I did a music video recently, and, like, I swear to God in the sky, a fucking... The clouds created an M. Like, I did a fucking... The... Uh, another fucking photo shoot and for whatever reason every time I'm doing something I feel like he just shows up in, in different ways you know what right. I mean and it could be mental it could be it could be me, me mm-hmm. mind fucking myself you know what I mean but at the end of the day I still feel him so his mother hadn't received the email and then mm-hmm. you called her what was that conversation like I was screaming to the top of my lungs just like trying to get her uh, to pick up the phone because she wasn't picking up at that moment like she was just like I guess sleep and um, I was just calling everybody I think I was all I kept doing was dialing numbers because I was like trying to say like, help. The, the cops were not letting me go move anymore. Everybody was surrounding me because they were like, you can't go anywhere. You're being investigated. And they're like, uh, you, this person can't do this. This person can't do that. But when I called his mom, she had already like, we all knew that because Michael had previous attempts. You know what I mean? Mm. We all knew that it was a possibility that it would happen at some point. So that's why it made it worse. You know what I mean? Because we're all like, it happened. What we all feared to happen happened. Mm-hmm. So the signs were all there. He he suffered from before I got there from my from Michael's stories to me that he had attempted suicide 
Before your relationship. Before our relationship. So when you told her, did, did she's she's and they all they all knew that too. But when you talked to her, what was the first thing you said to her? I said he's dead. Just like that. Yep. And she said what? And I said Michael is dead. Wow. But I was screaming and weeping to the like, on high levels. Like I didn't. I, I can't even describe how I felt at that moment. Like, like I I couldn't even talk. Like I was just like he's dead. Like like a girl. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. And she was like, what? Like, what's going on? Calm down. Like, relax, relax, relax. And I was like, just weeping. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't know how to feel at that moment. It was just like, he's dead. Like, you're not fucking listening to me. He's fucking dead. But was there, were, were, was there any part of you that was mad? I'm still mad. Mm -hmm. I'm still mad to this day. I'm hella fucking mad. I get so angry because I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? Like, why would you do that? Like, you had so much fucking going for yourself. This man was booked and fucking blessed. He had so much going for himself. But I'm talking no about, reason. But I'm talking about more mad about how selfish suicide is very selfish, right? Yeah, because it's because, like you're not because his mom, like, his brothers, his you, friends, and me. But you is what I'm right. saying. You, you're right. his life partner. You live together. You work together. You're to, you're together. Like I said, when you see one, you see two. So it's like I've always, you know, you know, I've had my thoughts. Every I think everybody has the thought of leaving because you just be like, life gets heavy at times, mm -hmm. right? But the idea of leaving and affecting so many people, I think right. stops a lot of people from doing that. Well, yeah, my first, my immediate uh, reaction to Michael leaving was suicide too. Mm -hmm. Like I tried to commit suicide three times after he left. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until me waking up and realizing, because I was also under things that were altering my mindset. The thing that I turned to immediately was drugs. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to feel pain. It was like, no, I need, I need a Xanax. I need a Xanax. I need a volume. I need a volume. I need a volume. Like somebody give me a volume. That's why, that's why the first thing that I did was, and I went out partying. Like, I was mm -hmm. like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And it was so unhealthy because I got to a point where I was, I was, I could see my ribs. Like, mm -hmm. I was so unhealthy. I could see you, po and you were posting the death so much that I was wondering, was anybody checking? I had text, I had DM'd you. Yeah. I was like, hey, you know. Mm -hmm. Right, and I appreciate that so much. Do people, did people reach out to you? Like, were people checking on you regularly, making sure you were good? Did you feel, did people abandon you? Did you feel like? I was overwhelmed by a lot of love. Like, when I tell you, I, I, I if it wasn't for the amount of love that I got or the, even the people who came to save me when I was doing things, like like I said, I tried to commit suicide. I was in a hospital and the, the person who stood by my side, I won't say their name, but they know exactly who they are. Like if that person wasn't in my life, I would be gone. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and that person also was the person who ended up explaining to me like, and, and having me have another aha moment that I have purpose. You know what I mean? I'm here for a reason. I'm here mm -hmm. to, I'm here to do so many more things. And like, that's why I said it's very important to talk to your friends because right. your friends are the reasons sometimes why people don't make these decisions. So yeah, I was, I was, I received so much love from everybody on, on so many levels. So a lot of people donated to the GoFundMe account for right. his uh, funeral and you started that account, correct? Right. Out of, out of like being in a complete desperation of, because his mom wanted to cremate him. And, um, me and Michael had conversations about if we, had, if we if we had died before, like what we would want, you know yeah. what I mean, blah blah yeah. blah. And um, and so when I heard that, like I immediately was like, no. And and I didn't at that time I didn't have the, I didn't have twenty seven thousand dollars to go pay for a funeral, you know what I mean? Because that's what it costs to do a funeral at that place. Mm -hmm. And so like I knew that that Michael deserved because he was this person who loved that, that life, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was his thing. I didn't even I didn't even know that life until I, I met him, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was like. He loved that, so why not? Why not let him go the way that he was? You know what I mean. I feel like he deserved that, especially him being surrounded by so many people who could give him that. You right. know what I mean. True. So 
I, me, me not having the money to give him that and doing that, I said to his mom, listen, if, if I raise the money, would you be able to give him that funeral? And she said, yes. So that's what I did. Mm. And at well, that time amazing. I was, and that time I was so mind altered too. You know mm. what I mean? Like I was under, under the influence. I was in pain trying to figure out life. I was like begging, you know what I mean? Like, yo, I need help. I need help. I need help. Please. I don't want this to happen this way. So I don't think a lot of people understand like when people die, whether they're killed or they kill themselves, that the process of packing their clothes. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, didn't want oh anything. Oh my God. Like, you know what? You I, didn't and keep I'm going to be, I'm, you, I'm gonna be completely You didn't keep honest. anything. I'm going to be completely candid in this situation. Like when Michael died, him and I had everything joint. We, we had already lived a life as if we were like married. You know what I mean? So like when his, his mom being the head of state, you know, she comes in and Michael has bills. Michael has things. A he actually has an office and he has a company. You know what I mean? So you have uh, all of these bills coming in, all of these invoices and stuff like that. And then you have like hit the, the office because it's commercial. You have to pay up the whole year. You know what I mean? There was all these things that were coming in that she's like, I can't, I can't do this. So it's like, I need to take everything. So now I have nothing at this moment. You know, not, not this moment right now, meaning at that moment when it happened, like you stripped me of all my stuff. She did. Yeah. Stripped you. Stripped me. Stripped because she said that's what she had to do, meaning money wise. Because mm -hmm. I was like, yo, this is my yeah. money too. I was like, every, this is my money too. Why, why, is that, why is everything gone? Like, why, why are we taking all the money? Like, what's going on? And she's like, because Michael has X, Y, and Z. Like, I can't, I can't do all. And then plus the funeral and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so what about me? Like, what do I do? So that's why it was like, in that moment, it was like, yo, I don't know what to do. So I went to go live with friends. And she ended up, she was like, well, if you're going to do a GoFundMe page, it needs to all go under me. And that's what I ended up doing. She ended up taking that entire, uh, the $18,000 or whatever that was raised. They put it against the funeral. The funeral still had money to pay. So she had to end up coming out of pocket for that too. Mm -hmm. So how did you feel about all that? I mean, I was hurt because like at the end of the day, like they knew our relationship. But this is why it's important and people that don't understand the Equality Act <clears throat> and gay people being able to get married to their partners. Because right. uh, w when you're when you don't have the ability to get married, like, for example, right. if, if the law wasn't in place and Obama hadn't passed that, you wouldn't even had an opportunity to have a say so. Right. And and get, and people don't understand, like if you're on life support or you're in the hospital yeah. or you need a blood transfusion or you you know you're incapacitated or you die, your partner would have could be living with you as a partner or whatever, could not have any say so. Right. Exactly. And that like that played a major role in like me being so affected and having to go and turn to drugs. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like, yo, you go from living a comfortable life to now being like What's the happening? Fuck am I gonna do? And so, like, me, like, going, I actually went a month after that is when I woke up because I had gotten to a place of almost, like, disappearing from the world. And I'm like, mm. yo, I can't do this to myself because I know what uh, Michael did to me internally, what he did to his mother. You mean by, by committing By, by doing that. You know what I mean? And the effect that he did on a massive level. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, the amount of people who, who came out to support for him. Like even like uh, through Instagram and through all that stuff, mm -hmm. it was like, yo, you affected so many people. Even to this day, people still reach out talking about like the inspiration that he had, like, and the effect that he had on them through his fashion and stuff like that. Wow. So it's like, it sucks. Mm -hmm. And so, what has been your experience looking back on it all that you like your greatest takeaway? My greatest takeaway is that like love transcends and love doesn't end. And it's not just here for the physical. Like, I'm connected to him forever. Like, I took away that you can connect with a human being mm. to the point where 
no matter what, whether the physical avatar is here or not, like you guys will always have some sort of connection. That's why I say everywhere I go, he's with me. Like, and right now I don't, I don't, I don't desire anybody else. You know what I mean? Like I go out and I party and I have fun because I'm a human being and I do what I do and I don't give a fuck. Like it is what it is. I am who I am and I just don't desire nobody else right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that that day will not come. I think one day I will be able to move on. It's just not here yet. You know what I mean? And I'm okay right. with that. And I'm okay with like m still meeting my needs when I need to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That, to me, that's not, that well, has nothing not, to do I with mean, connecting. I mean, it's not betrayal. I mean, right. right. So do you consider the relationship over? No. I feel like me and Michael will have a connection uh, up until I feel like that connection needs to, to end. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Right now I'm in a place where we're still connected, but I do understand that me being a human being and yearning love and needing love, um, that it's eventually normal. is going to have to come. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <sighs> well, um, so what, what, what advice would you give to people who may be uh, living with people or have relationships with people in their family or in their lives who are struggling with, um, you know, mental health issues or drugs or anything that could be, you know, leading towards where Michael went? I would tell people to honestly, like, focus on being happy. Like, a lot of the times we stress about bills, we stress about things in the world. And, like, if you can't change something, don't stress about it. Because guess what? If it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. If you have something in the world that's yours, it's yours. Like, it's not going to, nothing can change that. As long as you're putting out the work that you're supposed to do, then it's going to come to you. Because guess what? The universe rewards work. What you put out comes back to you. That's all you need to worry about. A lot of people are stressing about the wrong things. Ask your friends how they're doing. Motivate them on a daily basis. Tell them how good they are and how, how much they have in this world to give. Like a lot of the times we're hating on each other. Mm. Always hating. It's like when somebody's successful, you have the next person coming in. Oh, the, you, that looks ugly. Like that looks bad. Like why, why, are they, why are they doing it like that? It's like why can't you be like, yo, they doing their shit. Like, like, like give them their props. Everybody's hating on each other. You know so what, I would say, like, just be happy. Focus on being happy. You know what's interesting is if you really, if you really think back to the moment you got the email, which I can think back to the moment that my brother was murdered, or if anybody's gone through anything really significant like mm -hmm. that, at that very moment, you realize that nothing else matters. Nothing like matters. The, like the stuff that matters so much today, Man. right now, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> there's greater, bigger what? things out there. That could make you feel the way you think 1, you're feeling. 1,000%. Yeah. 1,000%. Well, listen, I um, I appreciate you coming on and telling your story. Like I said, it's been Thank something you. that I've been just watching and just not, even not really knowing you guys personally. Every time I've run into you guys, I mean, it's always been love. He's always, he, you know, Michael didn't really say much, but it was like, hi. <laughs> right. He you know? was very, very quiet. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, it was, I just felt it was a story that needed to be told because there are people out there who are struggling with it. And uh, I had seen, seen something online one day. Somebody said, uh, I think it was Melissa. She had posted something that said, check on your strongest friends. Mm. Yeah. Because mm. sometimes you think that the strongest yeah. friends don't need you to be, to be checked on. But right? They do. You know what it is? People think that Instagram is the end all be all. Yes. Like we we think that what the, the life that we post is, is, is like the reality of everything. Absolutely. And it's like, yeah, these successes are happening, but this is like 0.0002% of what's really happening. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, give... Understand that the people who you seem to be the most successful sometimes are the ones who are at the most need of help, especially mentally or even going through these parties and living this industry life. Like they need to understand these people are sometimes mentally fucked and we need to help True. them out. You know what I mean? And bring them back down, bring them, pull them up. Like Beyonce says, you know what I mean? Like right. you need friends to always pull you up. 
Well, I'm hoping that this interview helps somebody and that people share I hope it. So too. And um, and so, what are you working on now? Um, I'm working on my album. My album's entitled Steven. It's a six song EP. Um, and it's going to be released next month. I have a show coming up in February 11th um, in New York City at the Rockwood Music Hall, um, oh. stage one. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm like just focusing on like trying to heal people through my music. I'm, I want to tell my story uh, through my music and like just vent because you know what I mean? Like my way of, of releasing my my frustrations is through my art. And sometimes I don't really care. Like the other day I went on my live and I was like sounding crazy and I didn't really care. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because it was like you have at, to do that. at right. that moment, that's my release. You know what I mean? And, and 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 showcasing that sometimes helps me out because like people like when I tell you the amount of people who hit me up on a daily basis, like, yo, you inspire me. Right. Like you inspire me to keep going. Like you saved me from committing suicide that day or, you know, watching you watching you come out of something like this and then still keep going and watching you trying to be happy inspires me. That's my now that I realize that's my focus, like mm-hmm. understanding you need to be an inspiration to everyone. Me to you, you to me. This is this is an everlasting cycle, and it should always be nothing but inspiration. It's true. Well, I'm glad that you have the courage and the strength to tell your story, and I hope people follow you, and we'll keep following you. And um, thank you for <laughs> thank coming. Thank you guys on. so much thank for having you. me. I we really appreciate, appreciate it. it. I love oh, meeting sure. you guys. And we're out of here. Peace. Hey. Peace.